You're listening to Season 3, Episode 6 of the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out adventurous ways to make life more interesting. I'm back in Bangkok. I'm your host, Michael DeRosiers, joined as always by my co-host, James Barrett in Dallas, Texas. All right, James. Yeah, we're back back where we belong, back <laughs> in, our, in our rightful places. Now, that doesn't sound right. Um, we're back. We're no, back. Never to leave again. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, no, it was great. I was, I really enjoyed being home. I enjoyed getting the chance to hang out with you, grill some chicken, do a lot of wacky things in and around Waco, wacky Waco, wacko Waco. That one doesn't get old at all. (laughs) There were, and still are plenty of wackos in Waco to be fair. Mm -hmm. And Branch Davidians. One in the same, some might say, James. (laughs) 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 That was what I was referring to. Uh, James, we're going to we're going to have a conversation about some adventures that we have gone on recently. You went on a big mm-hmm. adventure. I went on a big adventure. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, but first, have you done anything new, adventurous, exciting since last we talked? I have, and I did it with you, actually. You want to just combine ours two this time? Sure, because that's what I did. Go, go ahead. That's <laughs> what I did, too. I haven't. Yeah, we went to uh, Mother Neff State Park out in McGregor, Texas, the oldest state park in the state. And it's a small state park. It's really nice. Uh, we, mm-hmm. You guys might have seen, if you do follow our Instagram, you might have seen that we've created an expedition flag for the podcast. So we headed out to the state park. And we took some pictures. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Looked for birds, but the foliage was really thick. I didn't really see any new birds out there. Um, but we had a nice little adventure. Yeah, I, I had no idea what to expect. No. It turned out really nice. It's like you said, it is very, very small. I mean, you could do all the trails there in a few hours. I think the map said there were like 3.5 miles of trail in the whole park. Yeah. If you took your time, you're looking at two, maybe three hours. Yeah. Of walking. Yeah. Some nice campsites and some Mm -hmm. um, civilian conservation corps constructions. Like there's a big table they used and and like a, a, I guess probably was a fire watch tower or something, but anyway, a tower that they built out of stone out there, which is pretty cool, as well as a place that was used by some uh, Native people as a, I don't know, you're the archaeologist. What would you call that? The cave thing. I would have called it a rock shelter. <laughs> rock they shelter. call it a cave, but it's not really a cave. Yeah, yeah, but historically interesting. So mm-hmm. there's that out there, too. And we did a couple of the trails, and it was fun. It's springtime in Texas. The flowers are blooming. It was nice. It's it's easy when we both have done, we did the same thing. I know. <laughs> And that was just on a whim. I just rolled up and you were like, we're going to Mother Neff. Like, yep. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Spontaneous. That's great. It's good to be spontaneous sometimes. You know, it you is. never know. I'd never been there either. That's more or less all I've done new. Since then, I've just flown home. I've been traveling. I've been jet lagged. I only slept like two hours last night. That's why I texted you at like 2 a.m. saying, hey, I can record anytime. So <laughs> if you're available, yeah, James. It's, um, <laughs> it's like, I it's kind of been the same. Since since you left it, I've just been kind of doing my normal thing. It's think? hard. It's been kind of weather's been weird. Has it? It's been cold and rainy, which is odd. Really? I mean, the rainy part's not, but it's been cold. That's weird um, for April or late April. Well, at that, cold in yeah. quotation well, marks. Yeah, yeah. 
I shaved my head, but that's not new. Oh, nice. Okay. I do that, I do that every once in a while. <laughs> I did dye it blonde for fun just to see what it looks like. Did so you? I guess that's new. Yeah. Is that why you were in the hats? Yeah, but I just look like I, I just look like I have no hair. I was just bored. I was like, eh, why not? <laughs> I don't have the confidence to pull that off. So I don't. You, I don't either. That's why I got hats. <laughs> I don't like shaving my head anyway. I don't have the money to go to a barber currently. And so every once in a while, I just get tired of it and I just buzz my head off. And this time I was like, why don't we try something? <laughs> yeah. And I did it and I was like, I just look bald. In person, <laughs> hey. you can tell, but on camera, it just looks. Yeah, you can't tell on the, on the screen. I just look bald. <laughs> hey, good for you. I think that's awesome. That's good to try new things. I need a haircut badly. I've been getting wife haircuts since COVID, and I don't think I'm ever going back because it's great. <laughs> it's great not having to spend money on a haircut. You know, I cut my own hair once and it turned out well. And then it just, as it gets longer and longer, I'm just like, I don't have the confidence to do it anymore. And so I just end up saying, Yeah, my hair grows really fast anyway, so it'll grow back. <laughs> No, haircuts, it's interesting. I know I shouldn't complain because a haircut only cost me $5 here, but I'm not going to pay for something I can get for free. <laughs> I did get a buzz cut one time uh, right before I moved to Thailand. I, I remember that. I was like, it's going to be hot there. In my first month, I don't want to try to find a barber. I don't want to deal with the like confusion, the stress of trying to find a barber in a country I don't mm -hmm. know, a language I don't speak, a city that I'm not familiar with. So I was like, I want to give myself a couple months of just not worrying about it. So I went to my barber, shout out to Lonnie, my barber in Arlington, um, told him, hey, I'm going to Thailand. What do you think? And he's like, why don't I buzz it off? And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. Then I just don't have to worry about it for a while. And he did it. Uh, I wasn't bald. It wasn't that short, but. It's kind of nice. It was like a number two or number three all the way around. This is a number three. Um, no, it was longer than that then. So it was, it was longer than that, but it's not my thing. I don't look that good. Mm-hmm. I look too potatoey <laughs> when I have a when I have short hair, but it felt really good, and I do like it a lot shorter than it is right now. This is way too long. Yeah, welcome to hair ch hair chat with Michael and James. Yeah, <laughs> shave your head, just do it. There's probably there's probably nothing more boring than listening to like two straight guys talking about their haircuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's true. <laughs> One time I got a buzz cut. I'm just like I don't. I'm just like I'm lazy and I'm moving, so I don't want to like go find another barber. You know that's an important relationship, right? It takes time to develop mm -hmm. that. I you know I we'll we'll go off on this little tangent for a minute. Growing up, we never I went never went to an actual barber. I never did. I always went to just like super cuts or something like that. And all it takes is one time of them really messing you, you up for me to just, and like, I remember when it happened because I was in Sacramento, California with um, my wife. Cause when we were living in Reno, we had to drive to Sacramento for her to get her hair done. Yeah. And I was, there was a super cuts and I was like, I really need a haircut. I'm just going to jump in while she's doing that. And I'm gonna get my haircut. It was yeah. awful. Really? It was the worst haircut I've ever had in my life. And I, from that moment, I swore mm. I will never go back to one of those places ever. And then you find a barber and you're just like, this is great. Yeah. I did get my haircut when I was in Waco at a really cool barber shop at a champion's barber shop. And my brother-in-law gets his hair done. He had recommended me to go there. So I went in and uh, it was one of these really neat places. That was definitely like an old school barber shop. And they had a bar. Mm. They had a bar. They had beer on tap. <laughs> they offered me a beer. It was like, 10 in the morning. So I said, no, not that I'm above drinking at 10 in the morning, but I had to drive back to China spring from downtown. You know, going to the barbershop is like, it's, it's an important experience. It's like the man's spa. I don't get a pedicure, yeah. but I get my haircut. Although now I get my haircut by my wife and I'm, I'm happy with that. 
<laughs> you can have a beer while you're getting it done. Just... I often do. Nice. Well, anyway, before we go on that. <laughs> Here, I will say in Thailand, it's very easy because I was talking to the barber in Waco. He was asking me about what's the uh, the barbershop scene like in Bangkok. And, it, you know, anything. You, you have a wide range. You can pay $5 like I do locally, or you could probably pay $100. I mean, you can find anything. Oh, yeah. But my guy, oh, I, I love it. I just go in. He looks at me and he goes, same. And I say, same. <laughs> I sit down and he just does it. Oh, it's great. It's so easy. <laughs> awesome. No beer, though. My barber in Bangkok is Muslim and he does not imbibe. <laughs> Pretty cool job, honestly. Being a barber would be cool. Yeah. I read a story the other day about a guy that had been a barber for like like 75 years. He was like 90 years old. He'd been cutting hair since he was like a teenager. Since my, since my like plan. To become a barber? Why not? I don't know. I've, I've, I've cut my own hair. I've cut my wife's hair. You're just you're just three letters away from barber. That's true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is getting weird. Let's move on. <laughs> the ear goggles. Does anyone remember ear goggles? If you do, probably not. Probably not. Write in. Let us know. Anyway, um, well, let's get into it, James. Today we're talking about some of the adventures that we have had recently. You had a big one, and I want to hear all about it. Why don't you go ahead and start us out? What did you do? Yeah, so recently, my wife and I took a vacation slash get stuff done trip yeah. to Colorado, where we are moving back to. You and your wife, unfortunately, couldn't join us because you were having your own adventure at the time, right? which you'll get into in a minute. But we spent two days in Estes Park, which beautiful up there. The weather was it was the it was like the first warm weekend of the year. It was like 65 to 70 degrees, bright and sunny. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The first night when we got in, we got in fairly early, around 4, 4 p.m., 5 p.m. First thing we did was we got to the hotel, put our stuff up, and immediately went and got Thai food. Mm, nice. And let me tell you, let me tell you, shout out to Estes Thai in Estes Park. It is the best Thai food I've had in the United States. Hands down. Wow. The best, like on par with Thailand. And I knew because as soon as we walked in, I saw the people working and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. One tip, right? If you see a portrait of the king, you know, it's going to be good because you know, it's going to be owned and operated by actual mm -hmm. Thai people who know what they're doing. They had five star reviews out of hundreds of reviews. Wow. Yeah. Not on Google, on Yelp. They had five stars on Yelp. I've never seen a restaurant with five stars on Yelp. So if you're, if you're in Estes Park, Colorado, check out Estes Thai. It is impeccable what did you get i got basil chicken um we got chicken satay i'm a sucker for chicken satay mm. love it i know it's not like super like or whatever but it's delicious southern yeah southern thai dish and masaman curry oh, i love masaman that's one of my favorite dishes it is so good it's um if you don't know what you probably know what basil chicken is it's pretty self-explanatory but chicken. if you don't know what masaman curry is it's a southern style thai curry it's got chicken in it it's got potatoes in it it's very hearty it's not super spicy, which is nice. It's almost sweet. It's got a sort of a sweet flavor. I think the spice probably has some cinnamon in it, maybe. Um, I'm not really sure, but it's very good. I really love Masaman curry. It is very, very good. I recommend my wife got Pad Siu, which was also delicious. Love Pad Siu. Hard to determine. I don't know if I like Pad Siu or Pad Ki Mao more. The next day, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park, and we spent the whole day in the National Park. Most of it's closed still because it's still not thawed right but did a lot of little hikes we weren't really prepared for long hikes or anything like that yeah walked around downtown estes park after we got done with the national park had pizza in mm -hmm. village pizza in estes park also very very good check them out for our 
listeners if you're in Estes yeah. Park. Definitely. Yeah, we'll put the links in the show notes for all these. Yeah. After that, the next day, we had a pretty busy day. We were viewing a bunch of apartments in Longmont, Colorado, which is about 30, 45 minutes down the mountain from Estes Park. Or about 20, 15, 20 minutes from Boulder, if you okay. know that better. So we toured four different apartments. We found one. We got it. We're good awesome. to go. So that's exciting. Because I know last time, last time I talked to you, you had applied and you didn't know for sure. So yeah. I'm really glad to hear that. So we're good to go there. So that's all settled. We're just sort of starting to prep. Okay. We'll be moving in July. How many times have you guys moved now state to state? Because you went to Nevada and then back. Went to Nevada, came back. Went to Colorado and back now Colorado again. Okay, so you made the trip one, two, three, four, like five times. Yeah, I think we're done for a minute. You're gonna be good at moving. <laughs> we're already good at moving, and that's unfortunate. I don't want to be good at moving. We want to stay put for a little bit. It's just it gets exhausting. No, I'm sure. That night we didn't stay in Longmont. We stayed in South Denver just because that's where the hotel we initially booked was. Mm-hmm. Nothing too exciting down there. Like our trip was kind of winding down at that point. You know, we had Hawaiian food for dinner at um. Hangry Ohana. <laughs> Fun name. I like it. It's great. <laughs> also delicious. Everything we had was great. Great. So check it out. That's it's a lot of food recommendations. And it's funny because like, yes, this was an adventure, but it's all things I'd done before for the most part. Well, it's the place you've lived. You know, you've lived in that mm-hmm. area before. It's probably feels more like going home than it does yeah. going on vacation. Yeah. It was nice to get out of town here and go somewhere else. Estes Park still felt like vacation. Um, but once once we were done with that, it's kind of just like business. Yeah. <laughs> and got sure. stuff to do. So yeah, definitely Estes Park was great. Rocky Mountain National Park is an awesome national park. It's better in the summer when you can go up the road and go to up into the alpine country. Right. When everything is open. Mm-hmm. But it's great in the winter too. In the winter, in the fall. I've never actually made my way to Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I've seen the pictures of it. It's gorgeous. My brother actually volunteered there. He worked there one summer. And so I've seen a lot of pictures that he's taken of it. I've always wanted to go there. So, well, let's talk about the National Park. What is it like? Tell us about Rocky Mountain National Park. So when you get into the park, it's you can do the tourist way of the National Park, which is driving and pulling off and pull-offs and things like that. Rocky Mountain National Park is, I believe, at least the last year was like the third most visited in the United States. It's really popular, yeah. Part of that is because it's great. And part of that is because how close it is to a major metropolitan area. Do you know what the most visited is? It's just a trivia I just learned the other day. Um, Smoky Mountains. Yes, it is Smoky Mountains. Good job. Yeah, because it doesn't, it never closes. It's open year round, right? Everything is open year round. Yeah, Smoky nice. Mountains. Excellent, James. Wow, I'm impressed. The least visited, <laughs> I believe, is Gates of the Arctic. Yeah, that's not easy to get to. You got to take like a, a bush plane. So Rocky Mountain National Park, it kind of has everything. It, it's got some rivers. It's got obviously mountains. It's got a few lakes. Well, do you, did you take some pictures? Because we can put some pictures up on the website. I took a few pictures. Well, send them to me. I'll put them up on attemptadventure.com. So listeners, if you want to see, go to the show notes and you can have a look at some of the pictures that James took. But yeah, so that that was pretty much my adventure. You Mm -hmm. also had an adventure involving a national park. I went with my wife and parents way, way out to West Texas to go to Big Bend National Park, one of the two national parks that we have in the state. Uh, The other one being Guadalupe Mountains, where you and I, James, have been together to Guadalupe Mountains, also in West Texas. I loved it. Big Bend is maybe my favorite national park that I've been to as of right now. It was incredible. Absolutely beautiful. But it's a long way out there. You know, it was a full day of driving through the desert to get out to Terlingua. Terlingua, population 110, home to 
<laughs> nation's most famous <laughs> chili cook-off. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, it blows my mind, James. They say that during the chili cook-off in November, 10,000 people visit Terlingua. The city has a population of 110. How does it accommodate 10,000 visitors? I, I don't know. Never... That's just crazy to me. And those roads are so small and narrow out there. It must be, take forever to get in and out of town. Oh, I God. like chili. Maybe more than the next guy, but I, I don't know if I do that. I like chili a lot. <laughs> but uh, the town itself was very, very small. In fact, they even call it Terlingua Ghost Town. There's very much nothing in the town. There's like one hotel. Everything else is camping. But that's not why we were there. We were there to visit the National Park. If you don't know where it is, if you guys can picture Texas, Big Bend in the Rio Grande River is where the park is, right? So the park kind of out west where it sort of dips down. That's Big Bend. Mm -hmm. It's right on the border with Mexico. In fact, there's even a border crossing inside the National Park. Which I did not know that. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, there's a wildlife preserve or something on the other side as well. And together between uh, this Santa Elena Wildlife Preserve and Big Bend National Park, it is the largest protected area of Chihuahuan Desert in the whole country. Mm -hmm. um, there's a little tourist village on the other side. So if you want to, you know, you can take your passport, cross over. You have to take a little boat to go over there. And oh, I think there's just some like tourist shops and you can take like a, a burrow ride or something, but uh, there's not much there. But you can if you want to. We, we did not do that. Mm -hmm. We did get to stand in the Rio Grande, which was really, really nice. So if you've ever been out there, we did the Window Trail. The Window is a really famous landmark out there where sort of the mountains form a well, kind of a, a window <laughs> in, in, that you can look through. We hiked down to the canyon itself, which was fantastic as well. Saw a bunch of birds. Uh, it's one of the biggest birding hotspots in the country. There's some like 400 different types of birds. And I'm going to tell you, James, what I saw when I was out there, because I added okay. a bunch of birds in just two days hiking out there to my life list. At Big Bend National Park, I saw and these are just new ones. I saw more than this, but I already had seen. They were common ones, like, you know, like mm -hmm. pigeons and, and stuff like that, roadrunners. Uh, I saw cactus wren, European starling, Lincoln sparrow, Scots oriole, canyon towhee, Mexican jay, one of my new favorites, zone-tailed hawk, common raven, black-throated sparrow, white-crowned sparrow, hooded oriole, orchard oriole, canyon wren, northern rough-winged swallow, ash-throated flycatcher, vermilion flycatcher, and the scaled quail. Saw a bunch of birds in just two days. It was fantastic. On another note, we did have a run-in with a bear, <laughs> which was also fun in hindsight. We were hiking back one of the trails, and there was uh, a guy passing us the other direction. And, you know, trail etiquette, you give people a heads up, and he was like, hey, just so you know, there's a bear up ahead. <laughs> There's a black bear up ahead, uh, and he kind of told us where it was. You're not really afraid of black bears necessarily. They're not really dangerous, but no one wants to encounter a bear really, right? Yeah, it's still a bear. It's still a bear. I was kind of excited because, of course, the Texas black bear was the mascot of my university, and I was thrilled to see one in the wild. So, you know, we were looking out for it, and we finally did come up to the area where it was, and he genuinely did not care. He was busy eating like berries or something from a tree. He could not have cared less. It, you know, he was just sitting there. But it was really cool to see a bear in the wild up on the hill. I took some pictures. They're not great, but I'll put them on the website as well. Oh, yeah. You know, there are warning signs out there that say, beware of bears and beware of mountain lions. And of the two, I'm very, very glad to have run into the bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you have to pick one. <laughs> right pick the bear the black bears do not care about people mountain lions will hunt you for sport <laughs> just for fun but it was beautiful james i could have used longer could have stayed longer i would love to go back sometime and visit again it was really mm -hmm. really cool to be able to stand in the rio grande which is surprisingly cold 
at least at this time of year. And it was fantastic. Looking out at Santa Elena Canyon was beautiful. Apparently, they had had a snowstorm like three weeks before we had visited. So everything was in bloom. All these desert plants that normally just look like cacti were just covered in flowers. The whole place was covered in flowers. It was really fantastic. Really, really otherworldly. There's a lot to do. There are so many trails. It's a big national park, too. Yeah, huge. It's one of the most remote national parks in the country as well. It's very hard to get to, and it's one of the only certified dark sky spots in the lower 48, which is really cool. Yeah, there's only a few of them, just about 60 places. In the whole country. It is very remote, but it was very cool. It was that really rugged desert that you see in like a old, you know, like in an old Western movie. It was that kind of landscape. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, James. It was fantastic. If I had more time, the next time I go, I would love to do one of the rafting tours, the canyon rafting tours that you can do with the park rangers. I think that mm-hmm. would be a lot of fun. We just didn't have time to do it. They do overnight trips and they also do one day trips and that would be really cool. One thing that surprised me was that there was a hot spring out there and around the turn of the century, the last century, it was sort of a resort. So there's sort of a, a tub set up. It's a bit of a ruin now. But a hot spring hot tub, pretty miserable, I would say, in the summertime because the water is like 105 degrees and no one wants to you know, do that. But in the winter, it would probably be really, really nice. People would go out there for health, and it's right on the bank of the river. I did not have my swimsuit because I didn't know it existed. But if you, if you did, you could sit in this hot spring and then jump in the river and then go in the hot spring and then get in the river to cool off. And it would have been really fun. So I think next time I will bring a swimsuit. Next time I would love to do a rafting trip. Yeah, Big Bend was awesome. I highly recommend it for anyone listening. As of right now, I would say it holds the number one spot. I've not been to tons of national parks. I've been to several, but of the ones I've been to, it's probably my favorite so far. That's awesome. I really want to go. I just haven't made the trip. It's not easy to get to. It's just a lot of driving. And there's nowhere to stay. No, there's not. You can camp, obviously, but most of the year, it's not going to be very nice camping out there. It's so hot, so dry. They have sort of an RV village inside the park, which would probably be the best thing where you can have a hookup if you have an RV or converted van or something like that. I would say that's probably the best way to do it. But I mean, yeah, you can camp, (laughs) but it gets hot out there. I mean, even in April when we were there, it was already getting quite hot. The other option was to, I guess, stay in Terlingua. Right. That's what we did because we were with my parents. In Terlingua, there's not many options. Again, most of the places are for RVs. There's like one motel where we stayed. I would not recommend it. It was definitely overpriced for what it was. It was not great. Other than that, it's all just like glamping. And the nearest town is two, three hours away. That actually has hotels. So there aren't many options. So I would say probably an RV is probably the best best way. I mean, yeah, you can stay in Terlingua. There's just not many that many options to stay in. Right. Well, that's that's still awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see some pictures. You can see pictures from both of those national parks, Rocky Mountain National Park and Big Bend National Park. Two of the greats, two of the great national parks yeah. in this beautiful country of ours. You can find those pictures on our website, temptadventure.com. Yeah, and if anyone else out there from the U.S. or beyond has their favorite national parks and has wants to share pictures, please send them. We would love to hear from you. I'm sure we've had a national park episode. I forget. I don't um, think we have, actually. Not one specifically. Should. That would be great. Yeah, so we'll, we'll all save any more comments for that until then. Well, awesome. Well, James, it is time for our favorite segment, Adventures in the News. This week, it's my turn. You might have heard about this one. This was just a couple of days ago. A uh, U.S. mountaineer jumped off of Mount Everest. Did you hear about that one? No. (laughs) He had a paraglider, but it was illegal. (laughs) He jumped from Camp (laughs) 2. He didn't, you know, you're not supposed to do that. He didn't tell them he was going to do that. He snuck his gear up with him and then just jumped off on his own. So he signed up for the the thing. Like he hired a guy, to t- suppose, I, I guess, to take him to the top, right? I don't know how else you do that. You probably 
pay someone to get you all the way to the top. And then he just mm-hmm. jumped off of the mountain. So he jumped from camp two. He did not have the proper permits. Um, <laughs> he, got, he did get in trouble. It says he did not have a gliding permit from the Ministry of Tourism, which is required. Also, flying anything anywhere in Nepal requires a Civil Aviation Authority permit, which he also didn't have. And it is, on top of that, just in general, illegal to paraglide from Mount Everest uh, for safety reasons and probably cultural reasons, I would guess, as well. He uh, had a climbing permit. He was part of a 14-member international expedition, and he just jumped off. See you guys at the bottom. Like, what was his plan? I guess it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I I guess yeah, but I mean, he lived. That's something. he did. Still, I mean, it ruins things because I'm, I'm sure it messed up the expedition for the rest of them. I don't know if they had to go back down and like his guides had to go like get him or figure like, out what happened. I mean, it probably ruined the expedition. I would guess. I don't know. There's not much information about that. Yeah, don't be a jerk when you're traveling or adventuring. <laughs> as I mean, as cool as it is, right? In a way, it's cool. Like it's impressive. It's impressive. Yes. There is this side of adventure that I think sometimes can be a little bit selfish. And I think that's Mm -hmm. part of that. Yeah. Or like the desire to be the first at something. At the expense of others. Mm -hmm. Still though, that's neat, but also come on, man. Yeah. I mean, part of it is that it's probably extremely dangerous. You know, you do have to be there with a guide. You can't just do this stuff. You know, it's not like you're just, you're not just anywhere. You're at the tallest mountain in the world, right? Yeah. You can't just like show up and hike up. How high is Camp 2? Okay, Camp 2 is about, yeah, 16,400 feet. You know, and it takes so much money. It takes months and months of planning and preparation. Mm. And he was planning this the whole time because he brought his gear with him. Like, he, he just tricked them. He paid $10,000 <laughs> to... Yeah. That's, that's around, I think, what it at least what, would how much cost. It, how much does it cost to climb Everest? Cost of climbing Mount Everest in 2021. The average, not including gear... It says the average is around forty five thousand dollars. That's crazy. the average. So it says you can do it for as small as twenty thousand or as much as two hundred thousand. But uh, so anyway, this guy paraglided. He jumped off Mount Everest. And and I, I just wanted to talk about that real quick. I've made it very clear what my position is. What do you think about about this kind of thing? About people that do this kind of thing? He's selfish. Um, because even if that didn't ruin the whole expedition, it, it put a big damper on it. I'm sure it would have. Yeah. And, and you're taking advantage of people and I don't, I'm not really for anything like that. If you want to jump from 16,000 feet, there's other places you can do it. Like you can do that in the U S if you want to, it's just taking advantage of people and tricking people to get something that you wanted. And the fact that you didn't, you didn't even try to like get the things needed, which just tells me that he knew it wasn't good no matter how cool the act is and it is cool it's objectively cool but to me it's in the same vein as the people that went to chiang mai and tried to camp on top of the medieval walls right Mm -hmm. they just think i you know i'm a traveler i'm an adventurer i can do whatever i want for the story and there is this sort of streak of selfishness that kind of does sometimes permeate through the adventure community and it it can and i i think it's ugly uh and it's there right and i think that we do need to acknowledge that when we see it and call it out when we see it we're not being judgmental necessarily but you know call it out because it does ruin things for other people in any case he's in trouble he's being tried and you know what that part of the world is not a place you want to end up in court no i mean it's as if he's found guilty he can be banned from ever climbing again in nepal which as a mountaineer would probably be pretty big punishment yeah i mean the first and second tallest mountains are in Nepal. I mean, there's a lot of climbing up there. I'm sure that would be a pretty steep punishment. Yeah. So uh, he could be banned for life for climbing 
anywhere in the country, which would be, I, I think, a pretty fitting punishment. It's not overboard. I think the punishment certainly in this case quite literally fits the crime. Mm-hmm. What I can't find is how it went down. Like, did his team just wake up and he wasn't there? Or mm-hmm. did he, were they just like setting up camp and he was just like, see ya suckers. And they just see him like just running like past leap. and launch him. Yeah. Like, how did it go down? That's what I want to know. Cause that would be. I feel like it would be hilarious however it went down. I feel like it would be really, really funny. Oh, yeah. I feel like it had to be the other thing because otherwise they would have to They do like a whole big search. If he like if he was just gone, they would have done like a whole big thing, which I don't I guess I don't know if they did. So they, they had to see him do it. My second question is, how did he get his gear up there? Because you're traveling really light. Every ounce counts and you're taking really specific gear. How small does a paraglider get i mean well i think it was probably a parachute it was probably one of those where it's just a parachute you think it's a parachute okay because the article says paraglider but the article also doesn't really give any details yeah because i mean with those you can i don't know i don't know anything about it if there's any paragliders listening let us know (laughs) yeah please yeah that'd be that'd be good anyway it's just a ridiculous story and so i thought i would share that it's a good one all right well Folks, thank you for listening. You can find more Attempted Adventure content on Facebook, Instagram, which we have rebooted and I would say is going really well. YouTube, which we have also been doing really well on, and I'm very proud of that. We have two YouTube channels. You can go to Attempted Adventure Podcast and listen to the podcast right in your browser. But you can also go on to Attempted Adventure where you can see our vlogs, our videos, our bonus content. You can see us playing geography games, stuff like that. And that comes out pretty semi-frequently as well. Of course, you can always go to AttemptAdventure.com to see show notes and pictures from the episode. And you can send your listener mail, and we would love to hear from you, to hello at AttemptAdventure.com. And until next time, keep adventuring.